A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I'm joined by my amazing co-host, beautiful Kristen Williams, wearing a more core sweatshirt. (laughs) I am always repping my more core sweatshirt. I love this thing. Check it out, guys. I love it. (laughs) Go get one. All right, let's dive into it. Unfortunately, I copied this and I did not copy the person who wrote it. So you know who you are when you will hear this. Hey, question for the quad podcast, referring to the similarities of the tripod of the feet. Can you and Kristen talk about position of hands in weight bearing and the return of energy that happens here? Thank you. Uh, Yes, so I, I mean, I talk about this a lot, especially, you know, I mean, I've had a couple of privates this week and, you know, that's the first thing I see is their hands kind of peel away over to the pinky. So um, when we're weight bearing through the hands, they're similar in some ways to the feet and that there is the tripods are the most stable structure. So we have a tripod of our foot. It's underneath our first metatarsal, our fifth metatarsal and our calcaneus or heel in our hand. It's different because our hand is really spread. Um, and you don't want to overly spread the thumb because you want to have some, uh, you don't want it to bring it to its ultimate big range of motion there. So it's in a, like not super spread, but just enough. And then you want to be weight bearing in that second metatarsal because that kind of comes down right into the center of the wrist joint, the fifth metatarsal, and then the thumb, and that'll kind of be on the base, not quite on the met head, but just, or MCP. So it's a tripod there and that together will come and help you create that neutral uh, weight bearing through a wrist. So if you are rolling like many people do over to that pinky side, um, some people fall into the thumb, but a lot of people peel away to the pinky side and that weight, that energy from the ground is going up in this kind of asymmetrical way. So that means 
just like we've mentioned before about neutral spine. You want the bones to be stacked in such a way that the energy exchange from the ground is as efficient and as clear and clean, because that means that a, you're not losing energy, which is going to be taken up somewhere. There's some slack that's going to be taken up. And that's when you have a kind of imbalance around the holding of the bones. So one side is doing more work, more loaded, and you know that could end up hurting your elbow, for instance. Um, so when you are weight bearing through your hands in that manner, in that tripod way, it comes up through your the neutral wrist position, which means that it's neutral. It's it's the most centrated, most uh, most amount of surface area. And then that comes into your forearm. It first comes in the tripod way more into the radial side. And then it comes up and goes a little bit more to the ulna side because that's where the elbow joint is, the humeral ulnar joint. And then that comes up in a kind of centered way through the humerus so and then across into the scapula. And then the scapula is sitting on the rib cage, so some of it is felt into the ribs, but then there's an exchange back. So it's kind of like you, if you don't lose that energy and dip and sink or whatever, you are having a, a rebound effect if you know if you have the, a good surface. And we've talked about surface areas before. So if I was just in concrete or something, I'm gonna be not getting a lot of that energy back into my body. Um, but through a good surface, it's like an exchange right through and then right back. And it's like wonderful flow of energy. And that makes you work more efficiently, which ultimately translates into, you know, you're putting in the least amount of effort because all the players are coming in. What does that do? That not only protects your joints, doesn't overly strain your ligaments, doesn't overly work one area but you also have greater endurance because if you're not expending more energy when you're imbalanced, you're gonna have energy to hold on to for longer periods of time. So by that 45 minute marker in a yoga class, all of a sudden you're not losing your shit and like everything's falling apart. You're holding on to that energy and you might feel like you're, you're feeling a little fatigued, but you're, the exchange of energy is still clear. What would you like to add to that, my dear? No, I mean, I think I, I love that you mentioned just the, the weight-bearing properties of the upper extremity. You know, we um, the, the truth of the matter is, and I'm guilty of this, I find myself wanting to roll out to my pinky side. It's just so interesting because, you know, we weight bear through the radio uh, carpal joint, not the only, you know, so the fact that we roll away from the weight-bearing side is just, an, it's an interesting compensation that, I'm not 100% confident starts at the hand. I do believe that it's something for me. Anyway. I, I think a lot of people because yeah, they up. protract in their plank because they've been yeah. told to do that. And that kind of protraction kind of rolls them in this way versus yeah. when you really get in neutral, you are set into that. That second metacarpal that is so important. That's what really inspires the tricep to come on and to stabilize the humerus so that the scapula can stay neutral. So those of you who have learned to plank and only protract and plank, that should be used as a strengthening drill, but not as a, as a go-to because you're yeah. using your chest and off. And this is what I saw with a couple of guys that I've worked with lately. They're so much into their chest. And they're, I mean, they're, 
their their second fingers almost off the floor. Off the ground. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean, it's it is because and it's coming, like you said, from the shoulders. But it's a yep. learned thing. And so yep. to get that down is like, ooh, that's strange. But you're right. We that's the it. weight bearing side. <laughs> exactly. Like that's that is that is that, you know, your uh ulna does that there's space. There's, there's space. space. Yeah. <laughs> there's there is not an articulation. And it's just interesting. And we do the same thing at the feet. If you've ever noticed people who go up on their toes, they roll out, you know, and it is very challenging to, you have to literally press down into the ball mount of the big foot of the big toe to, to keep that joint neutral um, and create that then transference of energy. And you look at a ballerina when they're on point, that is straight up and down. There is no in out. There is no inversion, eversion, the same thing. And why? Because they're stacked. It is the same thing should be occurring at the wrist up into the shoulder. So whenever you roll out, you're, you're in, in essence, you know, really breaking that transfer of energy. And, and it's an interesting thing that if you don't think about it, like you said, we all have habits, we all have ways we do stuff, but now that we've made you aware you're going to start watching and you're going to start noticing. And that's when you start making the little changes and you'll feel the difference when, when you really, you know, get a nice spread, not an overspread, like you said, but a good, you know, think of your, your hands. I was thinking like, like little tree roots. I don't want them all in to get, you know, together. Cause I'm not going to have a very good base support. I'm going to grab, but I'm going to have that entire surface. And that same thing is true with the scapula up on the ribs. You should feel there is nothing better than a locked in side plank, modified side mm. plank. You've yeah. got that scapula down to the palm and it's just like, boom, you could, I mean, I would challenge somebody, try to push me over. I'm, you know, yes, I would fall, yeah. but you feel like you won't. Right. It would take someone pushing you, not a gust of wind could not take you over. So it's a really, I love that somebody asked this question and brought this up because it is something that we as PTs address a lot. I draw attention to people when they go up on their toes to make sure that they are not, people call that sickling, but that, mm -hmm. you know, that inversion of the foot, we want to press down through the big toe mound. And the same thing when people are on their hands, making sure that they're not rolling. And like you said, it's usually out to that pinky side um, to get just, we want a big footprint. We want mm -hmm. to really have a base of support that will transfer all the way up into the, into the trunk. Yeah. And, and that connection of basically we've got our hand on the ground, but our scapula on our back is the footing of the arm. So it needs to be in neutral. And um, what I'll add to this is like when I was working with these guys recently who are so used to, they have big chest muscles, big lats. They're so used to this PS. One of them has major wrist issues. He just says, oh, they he like shake them a lot. He's like, oh, they just get sore. Why? Because he's rolling over and he's overly protracting. And that's actually putting, so that kind of idea of pushing down and responding back, all he's getting is the down. He's not pulling much energy back. So if your wrists start to bother you, look at the connection of the scapula, look at how you're weight bearing. And also I always take my jewelry off and I really, really strongly recommend this. You can't imagine having just a little bit of a wrist band. You aren't aware of it, but the nervous system is aware. And it's just like, imagine you had a little rock in your shoe and you notice it at first. And then you kind of don't notice it because you start to like, you make an adjustment to not weight bear down on it. Now that's an extreme example, but you're 
body makes a tiny adjustment often. I've had people who had wrist issues and I said, take off your, like all these bangles and stuff you have. And because you have kind of not even, you've unconsciously rolled away from or rolled a little bit off so that you like that pressure of the bangle right being on your wrist joint isn't there. But by doing that, you're creating a lot of other issues. So I like to say a naked hand and naked wrist personally. Um, so think about that if you've ever had any weight bearing issues. My final comment, because I was talking about this with my son, who I'm so proud of, because in 10th grade, he was known as the three-pointer. He would just like, he would make it from half court, but his form was not great. It was, he created his own kind of form and he got a coach who said, you're making a lot of shots, but you're, you're not going to make it to the next level, making shots like that. And he taught him a different way of making it, which is like, cause he was kind of flick, flicking his wrist and it has to be a neutral wrist position where you flex and extend and really work from the fingers. Well, he dramatically, like he dropped back, like he was not making any shots. He like really became kind of sucky and it was frustrating because he was, you know, he was doing something for the long run, but in the short run, it was awful. Like his performance really, it was just not the same. And here he is two and a half years later, and he is back to being, I mean, he has been for a while, an amazing three-pointer, but he does it with the great mechanics. And that makes it possible for him to continue to play for a long time because he's going to be doing it well. So think about this. If you have to change your mechanics of weight bearing, it might suck for a while. It's going to be different. Your body's not going to be used to it. You've been overusing your chest. Maybe you've been protracting. It's going to feel maybe weird on your neck, but know that there will be, you will make major gains and prevent, you know, uh, that overuse kind of injury you could have from non-weight bearing. So those were, I'm talking a lot, but I wanted to tell that story because I'm just really proud because that's hard to do, you know, really hard yeah. to do to change your form when you feel like, oh, I'm not as strong as I used to be. Okay. We've got another question here. Um, I have a friend who complains about feeling dizzy and vertigo when going upside down and says she needs to avoid it when practicing yoga. So that's leaving like 99% of a lot of beginner lit classes. I feel inaccessible for her. My gut is telling me that she just needs to do it more and it will get better type of thing. Just like spinning gets easier the more you do it in dance, you don't get dizzy as easily. There's a lot of ways I can help her modify the practice, but this one has got me looking for some yoga mama direction. All right, this is from Sammy. You want to start yeah, with I mean, that? Well, yeah. let me just say, if Sam, Sammy, if this if this is vertigo, going upside down more is not going to help. You know, vertigo is an inner ear issue in many people, um, and unless that is corrected, which P.S. it can be corrected, so that is the good news. Yeah. Um, if it's truly a positional vertigo. She needs to, your friend, he or she needs to go see a specialist. And that it, there are PTs that specialize in this. You can go to an ear, nose, and throat. They'll usually just send you to a PT person. But no, it, it is not something that will get better without restructuring what's going on in the ear. Um, so, you know, that would be my first piece of advice. Now, if it's not 
you know, a vertigo that is truly positional. I do think there are tolerance things. Like, is it is it being caused by vertigo? Is it a is it a um, blood pressure? You know, is it is it a circulatory return type of thing? You know, which I do think we will see, and a lot of people are prescribed for circulatory hypotensiveness. They are prescribed exercise because you build the strength of the muscles to get that blood return to the head. Um, and that can improve with exercise. Uh, but that does take time. So my first, again, piece of advice would be, let's figure out, is this vertigo? Is it positional? If so, it is so treatable. This person will be so much happier if they get that treated. And I'm telling you, it's treatable within a short amount of time with some simple exercises, um, some simple retraining. And um, then if it's not, then it, it, there's a chance that it's something that can improve with practice and with strengthening um, with breath work, things like that too, are, you know, are people holding their breath, which is not allowing the, the blood to get to the head um, as they come back up, et cetera. So there's a lot of little nuance, but um, what else do you have to say about that, Laura? Um, I would just add on, yeah, if it's vertigo, that is going to, you're going to need to have somebody uh, get those crystals realigned, but that is like, those are, somebody will teach you how to do it and the person can do it at home and it can really help tremendously. So many people will have do have this at some stage in their life. Um, if it's if it's like orthostatic hypotension where you lower and then you lift up and you feel like you're gonna pass out that, like Kristen said, there are ways you can work with that to get the, the blood pressure more balanced because blood pressure is gonna be affected by um, how strong your muscles are, how well you're pumping, getting that vascularity balanced so you're not you know, not prone to that, but some people are more prone to that. So that's just something we'll be aware about. And you can, it sounds like you probably already figured some of this out. I've had people with that and they just like kind of lift their head up. They kind of keep their head up a little bit in plank, not in the ways that we would normally teach. And they just that slight elevation of not dropping the gaze down and having the head, you know, heavier down dog. They might just go into quadruped. Um, that often improves people, but people will start off in those ways. The other thing I'll say is if it's dizziness that is kind of like not vertigo, not necessarily a blood pressure thing. Um, sometimes I've had people who've had like a traumatic brain injury and they've come and done yoga and it really is vestibular in nature, like very, and the, you know, this one woman taught me this. She was a client and she brought in these little stickers and she would put them on the wall in front of her. It's like she needed to orient because the eyes are part of your, you know, the balancing system as well. And when you're, when you're not balanced and feeling dizzy, your eyes, the vision is also part of that, right? So she just put something. So if there could be something like as this person comes up from having their head, kind of directing the gaze somewhere to help the monitoring of what is, it's almost like you're, you know, when you're doing a leveling, whatever that little thing is, it's like getting the leveling so that you don't feel as much of a dizziness. And that helped her tremendously. So those are some ideas. Um, some, the last thing I'll say is some people who haven't practiced yoga and haven't gotten their head down are just quite frankly uncomfortable. And that then brings in this kind of fear, which can contribute to, if you think about blood pressure and all that, it can contribute to this 
So it could be slightly self-perpetuating. <laughs> and that is just a gradual, like, try this. Okay, how does it feel? Like Kristen said, monitor breath. It could just be that their their ecosystem is so not used to having their head below their heart. And it, that has to be trained. And it's good. It's all good. Breathe with it. All right. And then, you know, because it's it feels weird when you feel dizzy. And then that can kind of provoke this almost sympathetic response that makes it worse, you know, because your blood's pumping too much. And then you're like, not going, to, it's going to your muscles. It's not going to your head. So um, those are some tips. So get back to us, Sammy, let us know. Yeah, yeah. You guys know well, I, I would say one last thing. So I suffer from the orthostatic hypotension. Um, hydration, don't forget hydration, the importance of the blood volume matters. You know, for me early, I teach, 5 a.m. my time, I absolutely try to get some liquids in me because if I don't, you know, you've been, you haven't maybe had a drink since 8 p.m. that night. Um, and then you get up, you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you're, you go to start practicing and you're, you're dehydrated. So um, just make sure that your client's also hydrated because that, that makes a world of difference for me. If I have a glass of water before I practice, not like a chug, but, you know, just to get, get you know, get some fluids in me. That's a great idea. I remember the two times I felt dizzy and almost passed out were dehydration. It was like, I played tennis. I had like sweat, all, all this stuff. And I remember getting up and I just remember feeling dizzy. And then this black curtain dropped and I'm like, what's happening? Almost passed out. I said to somebody, I cannot, it's the weirdest thing. It's and that weird. is your, your body's always communicating. It's like, Hey sister, we're going to black <laughs> you out. So you don't do any damage to, cause you're like, your electrolytes are way low. You need to get some hydration. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, as always, we love your questions. Um, I think we will end with that, but please write us at support at lityoga.com. We love hearing your questions or you can reach us at you can reach me at kbwilliams99, and you can reach Laura at laura.hyman. That's on Instagram. You can DM us. Please reach out, and um, anything is on the table. You can ask us stuff about your body. You can ask us stuff about life. We yeah. are just here to give you our opinion um, from many years of living between the two of us, <laughs> and we really enjoy it. We really love it. Yes, as mamas, as yoga teachers, as PTs, as... Um, Women that are not in their twenties, you know, we we've uh, we've accumulated some some wisdom. We'd love to share and see what you like to think. So, and also check us out on Lit Daily. All right, we have a lot of classes there. It is a physical therapy based approach, which really is not just like implementing PT stuff in yoga, but takes you through an entire blueprint that is inspired by the understanding of how we can rewire uh, our brain through different movement patterns. And, you know, this is kind of like getting dizzy. Like some of this could be rewiring to what is, what is your norm now. So check that out. All right. Love you. Love you too. As always, we're pulling for you. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 